0: Back in room 612, Joshua's in Mark's room. Mark has just returned from his encounter with the bellhop in the elevator. Filled with adrenaline, he bursts into the room.
1: Joshua! Joshua! I've got it! By God, I've got it!
0: A
2: sense of responsibility? A focus in life? <laughs>
1: nah, nothing like that. I've got her name! Lila.
2: Lila, huh. Sure is a pretty name. Rosemary... She, uh, insisted we name our daughter Lila.
1: I think she's the one. She lives on the top floor. I just need to get a chance to talk to her.
2: It's pretty complex. What's your plan? You don't want to be creepy. I would never let my daughter be with a man that just follows her up to her hotel room. Maybe just hang out in the lobby tomorrow. Get to know her before trying to go up to her room.
1: I don't want to run into that bellhop again. That guy gives me the creeps. Honestly... I didn't like seeing him with Lila.
2: You're just jealous they spoke for so long at the bar.
1: Okay. Maybe. I was. But now I'm pretty sure Lila was just being polite. It's the bellhop we gotta watch out for. Something's off with him.
2: Don't project evil on the bellhop just because you're jealous he's friends with (sighs) Lila. Look, I'm going to try to get some sleep. You should too, unless you think bags under your eyes will attract this young dame.
1: That's not what I...
0: Fine. Joshua turns out the lights. They both lay down in their beds to go to sleep. Joshua seems to drift off peacefully, though he didn't really feel like he was resting. He never seemed to dream. Mark, on the other hand, laid in bed and stared at the ceiling, unable to quiet his thoughts. He was too preoccupied with what he might say to Lila. After an indiscernible amount of time, sunlight floods into the room. Mark gets up to wake his friend.
1: Joshua! Wake up! Hey, look, I really want to talk to this girl. Will you come down to the lobby with me and be my wingman? I need you to distract the bellhop so I can talk to Lila.
2: Well, since he's the only one who's given us the time of day, once we've been here, maybe I can ask him about my locket. I still haven't been able to find it and no one will answer me from the front desk. He'll probably be more helpful than you.
1: Okay, we're losing daylight, old man. She might be down there right now. Let's go.
2: This was supposed to be our week off, but I keep having to go up and down these damn stairs. Fancy hotel like this with a broken elevator.
0: I'll mention it to the bellhop. Mark walks out the door with Joshua following behind him. They both stand facing the elevator and Mark tries the button again. Nothing happens. Joshua hears a song coming from a room a few doors down. The song takes Joshua back to his childhood years, dancing in the sun and singing the song with his friends during the school day. Since the elevator doesn't seem to be coming, the two of them decide to once again just use the stairs.
1: I'm going to go outside for a minute. Really? It's hot as Hades out there. I want to have a quick smoke to ease these nerves, because if Lila sees me, I'm afraid I'll shake so bad I'll drop the cigarette and end up burning the hotel down. All right, simmer down, son. Take your
2: smoke and I'll keep an eye out for the bellhop and your girl.
0: Mark opens the heavy hotel doors and the second the doors close, the sounds of the world dissipate. And Mark is unable to hear anything at all. He wonders how the world could suddenly go silent The change in atmosphere is perturbing for young Mark. He anxiously takes a drag of his cigarette and can feel the smoke burn the back of his throat, but when he exhales there is nothing. He squints at his cigarette, the brightness of the sun stinking his eyes. It is at that moment that he realizes the sun is at its peak, yet he doesn't feel its warmth. He opens the doors to the hotel, and instantly, a flood of sounds engulf him. He takes a second drag of his cigarette, and the smoke of the cigarette permeates the air around him. Questioning his sanity, he decides to look for Joshua to see if the same thing happens for him. The doors open, and two sophisticated guests walk in. One holier-than-thou middle-aged man with a posh summer suit, and a lady with a large hat and floral fan. Mark has never been witness to such luxury before in his life. He decides to approach them.
1: Awfully quiet out there today, am I right?
0: (laughs) The two hotel guests walk right past Mark. The lavish lady of the pair brushes Mark's right side, but Mark feels nothing. He is starting to feel panic rise within him, but the stress subsides as Mark notices Lila with her Seneca competitor, a camera she inherited from her grandmother. She is taking pictures of the hotel lobby and is preparing for a shot out of one of the windows. Mark decides this is his chance. He looks around for his companion and makes eye contact with Joshua, who nods. Silently saying he knows what he's supposed to do. Mark approaches Lila. Excuse me,
1: miss. I couldn't help but notice your camera. It's a nice model. Are you a photographer? Well, you must be, I guess. Stupid question. Do you... Do you... Mostly take pictures of people? Or do you prefer taking pictures of places? Like, landscapes!
0: Lila is still fiddling with her camera, focused on the scene she is setting up. She doesn't even seem to realize he's there.
1: I've noticed you around, and... And I just wanted to say, you're very lovely. Um, And I... I admire your photography skills. I'd love to see some of the pictures you've taken after you develop them. Right. I'll leave you to your work. I don't mean to bother you. My name is Mark, by the way. I'm on the sixth floor. If you ever want to chat, feel free to stop by. I'll write down the room number. I'd love to maybe get drinks sometime.
0: Mark grabs a small notepad from a nearby table in the lobby, scribbling down his name and room number. He leaves it with Lila's camera case and scurries away to find Joshua. He sees his friend on the other side of the lobby talking to the bellhop.
2: Yes, I understand you haven't seen it, but I have scoured our room for days and I can promise you it's not there. Are there any maids I can speak to about this?
0: None of the maids are available right now, sir. I will keep my eye out for it. You said it was a gold necklace, correct?
2: Silver! I said it was silver, a locket, about three times. It has a picture of my wife and my little girl.
1: Ah, yes.
0: My apologies. My mind isn't what it used to be. If I find the locket, you'll be the first to know. The bellhop's eyes wander over to Lila, who is standing underneath the hotel chandelier. He smiles. Joshua turns around and sees the object of the bellhop's attention. When Joshua looks back at the bellhop, he is gone. Joshua feels a chill run down his spine. In an instant, Mark swoops in and grabs Joshua's arm and leads him up the stairs. End of scene three. <sighs> My heart is in your hands. My love is yours. The moon is all love me tonight. Here we are together. The moon is hanging low. There's magic in its In this episode,
1: you listen to Emerson Helmbrecht as Mark, William Schuyler as Joshua. Michael Sawyer as the bellhop, and Christian Corpening as the narrator. This piece was originally designed to be a stage play and was adapted for your listening pleasure by Brian Keating. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Graveyard Shift.